Physics of the Human Body. These are podcasts from the University of Utah's Department of Physics and Astronomy. Hi, this is Richard Ingebrigtsen from the University of Utah's Department of Physics and Astronomy. Today we're going to talk about physics in the body again. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. And specifically today we're going to talk about how trauma happens in the body. A lot of people, of course, have had injuries, broken bones, even more severe ones. But the idea of exactly what happens inside a, a bone or tissue in the body when it is struck or uh, fall, someone falls uh, is really a mystery to most people. Um, but we're going to start our discussion today on uh, how trauma happens in the body uh, by talking about our bones. Um, bones are... Uh, 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 really filled with quite different materials. Uh, and of course, they have water in them. The first uh, material that, that is in our bones is called collagen. This is the major organic part of the bone. The second material is a collection of bone minerals, the inorganic component of bone. Either of these components may be removed from the bone and it will still have the original uh, bone shape. The collagen is what remains behind and is very flexible. It's somewhat like a big, huge, thick chunk of rubber and can even be bent into a loop. But it is very strong. When the collagen is removed from the bone, the bone mineral that has remained is very fragile, can be uh, crushed with the fingers. So the collagen is really what gives uh, the bone uh, so much of its strength. The actual mineral that is in the mineral part of the bone is called calcium hydroxyapatite. Uh, it is found in teeth, bones, and in fact, makes up about 90% of the surface layer of teeth called the enamel. It's about 50% of our bones by weight. Uh, uh, and uh, this is what we uh, strengthen when, if you brush your teeth with fluorine, uh, it actually uh, replaces part of that and becomes very strong. And going back to bone, there are actually two types of bone. One we call the compact bone, and the other uh, we call the spongy bone. Compact bone, while denser than spongy bone, is still hollow at the microscopic level. Uh, blood vessels are seen in these uh, hollow areas, which make uh, uh, these uh, canals. Uh, these canals make the bone hollow. The compact bone is also rich with nerves, which hurt when a bone is broken, and even if you hit it really hard. Spongy bone has a greater surface area, but is softer, weaker, and less dense, and less stiff uh, than the compact bone. It is typically found at the ends of long bones near the joints and within uh, the vertebral uh, bodies themselves. Spongy bone contains red and yellow marrow. Red bone marrow is responsible for the uh, making of the red blood cells and in the case of most adults is lo uh, located in the head of the femur and in the humerus uh, of our body, which is up in our upper arms. Yellow bone marrow is, store, is where we store fat. When a bone is broken, this fat can be released into the blood and is capable of causing a, a fatty clots, which can be very, very deadly. So when a bone is broken, that's one of the things that we're very worried about is that the fat can leak out and cause these fatty embolisms. Uh, on, on the outside of the bone is what we call the periosteum, which actually gives it additional strength. If this is a glistening double-layered tissue that uh, creates a cover around compact bone. The periosteum is very thin and cannot be seen by the naked eye, and is exceedingly important since it houses bone-forming osteoblast cells. Uh, the double layer also serves as a place where tendons and ligaments can insert and anchor into the bone. Healthy compact bone is able to withstand a compressive force of about uh, 25,000 pounds 
per square inch. This means that the mid shaft of the femur can support a, 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 about six tons of weight uh, in the uh, English system of measurement. Femurs are very well designed and uh, reactive forces in a similar way of that of a beam in a building. In a beam, stresses cause it to pull apart on one side, which we call tension, and push together on the opposite side, which we call compression. The center of the beam uh, experiences really relatively little stress. This is why it is common to use I-beams in the construction of a building, as they have thick tops and bottoms joined with a thin midsection. In the case that the force comes with multiple directions, a hollow cylinder is used in order to achieve this maximum strength with a minimum amount of material, which means makes buildings light and makes bones light, which is almost as strong as a solid cylinder uh, of the same diameter. Since forces exerted on the femur may come from any direction, a hollow center, cylinder uh, bone structure is in, in a very, very appropriate way to, to construct it. The compact bone of the shaft of the femur is thickest at the center. This is due to the fact that a hollow cylinder will buck, uh, buckles uh, the, near the middle rather than uh, at either end. Since uh, uh, it's like if you push on one end of a soda straw, if you can think of it that way. Uh, the ability of the bone to support the body's weight without breaking is crucial to human mobility and uh, its well-being. But bones support more than just the body's weight. They support other forces as well. Like when, for example, in bending over to pick up a heavy object, we develop large forces on the lower spine. Large forces are also produced in activities such as running and jumping. When running, the, the forces produced on the hip bone, when the hill strikes, the ground could be up to four or more times the body's weight. Even walking creates forces on the hip around twice the body's weight. Due to the presence of these extra forces, bones really have to be very, very, very strong. If bones are so strong and durable, uh, as we just said, how do we produce forces that are strong enough to break them? Uh, the answer to this question is found in the physics term that we call momentum. Uh, the mass, direction, and velocity of an object determine its momentum. Most people have a very good feel for uh, momentum. For example, the bigger and faster an object is moving, the greater its momentum. A large truck full of dirt and rocks traveling along has this property we call momentum. A baseball, although small, flying through the air has a lot of momentum uh, because it's going very, very fast. When it hits a baseball bat, the force needed to change the baseball's direction, that is, its momentum, is huge and done almost instantaneously. Uh, what this means is that the shorter the time of impact, the greater the force is needed to change its momentum. A baseball going very fast in one direction has to switch and go the other direction very fast. In other words, what really matters most is not how fast you are going, but how quickly you stop. And if you think about that, a baseball, when it hits the bat, has to stop and go backwards. So it has to have this huge, enormous force in order to stop it so quickly. So to reduce the force and thereby reduce the likelihood of a bone fracture, uh, it is necessary to stop movement gradually. In a car, this is done by things like shock absorbers. In a car accident, it is accomplished by airbags and seatbelts. In the human body, stopping gradually is accomplished by a number of ways. When a person jumps, he or she instinctively creates a system of shock absorbers through the bending of toes, ankles, knees, and hips. 
This bending of uh, motion is essential as it increases the time it takes to stop. Remember, the faster you stop, the more likelihood of injury. Uh, so uh, de the decreasing of the overall body's velocity uh, is very essential to the body's safety. You would stop so abruptly uh, that the force would be about 32,000 pounds uh, if you just stopped uh, uh, just immediately, uh, if you uh, jumped and landed. This is far greater than the force needed to fracture a femur. So even though uh, velocity plays a role in determining the injury to the body, remember it is how quickly you stop. It is this change in momentum that is critical. Jumping off of a small ledge can be done because we bend the knees and the ankles, and then the force and the time needed to stop uh, is much, much smaller. If you land like just on your heels without bending your knees, then you come to a much more abrupt stop. That change in momentum over the change in time is called impulse. And that impulse is really what damages the body, how quickly we stop rather than uh, how fast we're going when we uh, start stopping. There are other ways that body stops and lowers the amount of this for, uh, interesting property called impulse, again, which is the change in momentum over the change in time. For example, the disc in between the vertebra are soft and cushiony and designed to uh, absorb the forces of a rapid uh, stop. The bending of our ankles, the bending of our knees, the bending of our hips also uh, help us when we stop, if we jump up and down. The feet have arches in them, which uh, also uh, bend and compress, uh, causing us to stop much, much slower. The brain is supported on a platform called the tentorium, which is somewhat elastic and surrounded by fluid, helping to, pr uh, to protect the delicate uh, structures of the brain from impact. So that is the, the way, uh, even though the bones are designed to be very strong, if they stop abruptly, uh, they will snap because of impulse. That is the change in momentum uh, over uh, the uh, the change in time. Now, uh, if you talk about how um, uh, uh, bones uh, break, uh, there are a couple of ways uh, that bones uh, uh, can break. And that is uh, uh, through tension, compression, and shearing. Now, tension is that force which uh, uh, pulls bones apart. Rarely do we see bones coming apart in tension. Compression is when uh, they compress uh, coming from forces on either side. We do see compression fractures a lot of times in the back. Like if you fall and someone who has osteoporosis has lost calcium, the bones in the uh, spine will compress. But most bones uh, break in what we call shear. This is the indirect trauma uh, that come from forces working on either side. And they're sort of pulled in different directions and uh, they will uh, shear. And that shearing force is uh, an amazing force caused by uh, the uh, the change in momentum over the change in time, which is called uh, impulse. So shearing is where those bones break. And if you uh, look at that, shearing is how most of our uh, bones actually will end up uh, breaking. And uh, uh, that then causes uh, uh, all of these uh, problems. So um, I think that uh, the thing that you have to realize that uh, bones will break how quickly we stop and not how quickly we're going so much when we stop. Shearing uh, allows for that very rapid change in momentum. It usually is caused 
like while catching the foot and twisting the leg while falling. We see that in basketball players. And a lot of times that happens if someone's riding a bike or if they're running and they fall and put their arm out, and then you get a shearing force in your upper femur, and that can also cause it. A lot of times jumping off of a small ledge will cause uh, uh, the a, a step or a rock and landing, and you get these unequal forces, and that also will uh, cause uh, shearing uh, to occur. So remember that, um, and the main thing to remember in uh, trauma in the body is that it is the change in momentum over the change in time. That is the mass times the velocity, the bigger the mass, the bigger the velocity, and then you stop it and change that velocity rapidly. Bones, uh, the force needed to do that is absolutely enormous. And we call that concept impulse. And that is how bones break. Remember, it's not how fast you're going so much when you stop. Uh, it is how quickly you do stop and change that momentum. And this ends this discussion on how trauma occurs in the body. And as always, uh, we are very uh, thankful uh, that you've taken the time to listen.